Good evening, folks. Good evening, everyone. I trust all is well. Um, let me uh, pray. Um, Father, I just thank you. I pray that you will be uh, with us, Lord God, and open up hearts and minds to be able to receive from you. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Yes, yeah, so, um, so I want to talk about um, this concept of more of love and of experiencing love and the love of God and its deep practical implications. So first John 4, Verse seven, start there. Um, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And so, um, so love is from God. We should love one another. There is no way of having joy or fulfillment or anything good in life, right? Without, without love, right? There is, there just is, there just is no way to um, to have any kind of sense of well-being without love. I want to talk about these aspects of love first, because a lot of people, you should love one another, but also we should receive the love of God. Um, some people is where is where the whole idea of love becomes a sticky wicked is this that's a term sticky wicked is a term used in cricket yeah so cricket is british sport um but is where it becomes sticky is when people actually see themselves as not lovable. That's something that has to be overcome. God doesn't love us because we are lovable. God loves us because that's just who he is. Yeah. And, and that has to become your standard first and foremost is understanding that you are loved. You always have to have a base of everything that you operate from, right? Uh, a base of everything that you, where you operate from. Your home, for example, is your base. Where you live is your base. Go on vacation, you can have the best vacation. Boom, you come back to your base. Love is 
the base in terms of how you relate to yourself first and foremost. That's what you have to understand to yourself. Why is that important? It's important because we make mistakes all the time. But if you don't love yourself, those mistakes will actually become reasons to reject yourself, right? Reasons to reject yourself. And, and the great thing about the love of God, of course, is that typically when God comes into our lives or when we know God, God is so strategic. He doesn't come into our lives when we're on a mountaintop. He comes into our lives when we're in a valley. I know that that is strategic. Why is that strategic? Because if he came into our lives when we're on a mountaintop, we would almost feel that we always have to be there to be loved. Right, this is important. I have to understand, God comes in to our lives when we're the most unlovable. Saul of Tarsus, murdering Christians. Jesus said, why are you resisting me? Why are you persecuting me first? And then he does ask, why are you kicking against the goats? Kicking me against the goats, essentially, why are you resisting me? Right? This is what we have to understand. What am I trying to un what am I trying to get you to do? I'm trying to get you to get a base level of relating towards yourself before you relate to others. And that base level is love. That base level is love. I know I'm speaking to many people here, all people here who base level were relating to yourself was more self-flagellation, right? I mean, was more, I mean, you've almost been more of a sadist towards yourself, right? You've hurt yourself. I need to be punished, right? I need to be punished. I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad girl way of relating to yourself is what you have to understand is you are loved because God loves you. And the way that you had of relating to yourself was mimicking the way earthly parents, earthly people related to you. That wasn't your base level. That was actually that was sub-base level, that was below the base level. Now you're bringing it to a base level and that's loving yourself, relating to yourself. There was someone said, it was Brielle about uh, her father coming back. Does it matter if her father is coming back tomorrow? You still relate to yourself that way. We've also seen how people, uh, when they're in crowds, relate to people differently, right, than they relate to you one-on-one. -on -one. 
right? We get all that, but those are earthly people. Bosses, supervisors, whatever, relating to you a certain way. Here's what you're going to do. You have to establish a base level. Because if you don't, once again, people relate to you in so many different ways. A certain friend will relate to you differently when it's just you and them. And they'll relate to you differently when they're in a crowd, right? When they're around certain family members and so forth. In other words, it will be jello, right? It will be jello. And so this has got to be the base, the constant, is that you love yourself. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. You're going to make mistakes. Mistakes are opportunities to grow. There shouldn't be those people who also, in terms of not loving themselves, when they make a mistake, had someone who called himself, and I told him, I told this person to stop it. I'm not going to, not going to, definitely not, not going to tell you what he called himself, but he called himself something, uh, uh, it was a pejorative term he used for himself, but it was this ethnic slur. Um, and... Um, he was calling himself. I said, stop that. What are you doing? He calls up this stupid and the ethnic term he used for someone who belonged to his ethnicity. I said, stop that. All that does is put yourself down and it sets you up for selective acceptance, which means that you're only accepting yourself when you're not making a mistake. That is, that is setting yourself up for I can only really have selective happiness. I have got to be perfect. We got to deconstruct that, folks. And we have got to have this unconditional acceptance with this unconditional love which God gives to us, right? Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. There's no conditions there. You know, no conditions there. Let us love one. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. This is divine love. You know, when someone says, oh, it's a chip off the old block, meaning a chip off the old block, clearly chip off the old block takes after the old block, right? It's come from that block. Well, now you've come from God. So let us now mimic God. And love has been poured out in your heart. You just have to use it. But you can't love anyone unless you love yourself. And you can't love yourself unless you accept yourself. And there's no such thing as conditional acceptance no it's got to be unconditional and accepting yourself and is what you do is what that gives you the freedom to be yourself many people say well i need to be this way or i need to have this before i'm loved no it starts here it starts at your base level this is the only way you can truly have joy 
Paul, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We're establishing a base now, right? We are establishing a baseline of operating, right? So talk to you about the existentialists, how they really didn't have a base. It was left up to them to find meaning in the world, right? They were just, they believed that they were just hurled into the world. You are in the world because of a purpose, because of a plan. And Christ, Christ died for us. And when I say this, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, most people cannot correctly appropriate the reality of that to their own account, right? That's what you've got to ask God to do. It's too general. It's kind of too vague. It lacks specificity, right? But that's gonna be one of our prayer points that that is going to be something now that is gonna change that Instead of God died for all, he did, of course, but you are going to make it God died for me. And that's going to be alive in your heart. Because what I'm talking about is also existential, but theist, theistic existentialism, right? An existential just means a part of your existence, but it's got to be real to you. It's got to be a part of your existence you are to live that out you've got to know that you are loved you know when the kid is picked up by the parent that's a good feeling because that kid he or she knows that she is loved it's a good feeling to wear that in your heart right to carry that in your heart because also when you make mistakes you know it's okay. You should not have this feeling, dread and angst, right? When you make mistakes, you should not have anxiety. In fact, you should have joy because now if you know that you're loved, when you make mistakes, you will be patient and long-suffering with yourself. It's, it becomes an opportunity rather than causing some kind of dread, right? It becomes an opportunity for growth. A lot of people have anxiety because they don't know what's coming next, right? That's what anxiety is all about. It's about it being unpredictable. Once you know that you are loved, unpredictability now becomes an opportunity right, becomes an opportunity for growth. Once you know that you are loved, it's easier for you to love other people. You're not jealous of them anymore because we need to cause all of that jealousy to dissipate. You can be happy for them. You could be happy for their kids. You can be happy for their success. That's the way that you are gonna get yours. I want us to cause all of the negative emotions that we have towards other people to dissipate. 
And that's because I want to see everybody get blessed. you got to be happy for the blessings of other people. But when you're not happy, when you can't love yourself, when you don't have that baseline, blessings of other people, they're going to, rather than it causing you to be on that same page as them, blessings of other people are going to be disruptive towards you if you don't love yourself. It's going to be a wave, right? Rather than the waters being calm, there's always going to be this wave, right? And in fact, actually, here's what it's going to cause you to do. It's going to cause you so much emotional dysregulation if other people are have blessing, have good fortune, have blessedness from God. And that's because not loving yourself causes so much turmoil when others seem to have good fortune over you. you you're going to have genuine joy for others. And that's what it talks about. When scripture talks about rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. That's assuming that you're operating from this baseline of loving yourself. And if you do truly love yourself, nothing can disrupt you. People's blessedness, good fortune. In fact, you'll be happy for them. And because you do love yourself, you know that God loves you. It's just a matter of time that God wants to bring you to a better place, right? It's called being stable. In this world, there were trials and tribulations. This world was always meant to be the storm going on around us, not the storm that causes our lives to be stormy, right? Because the stability that we get from loving ourselves, knowing that we're loved by God, knowing that God takes care of us, right? Causing us to be unruffled. And that's why Jesus in this world, you love trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And that, you know, overcoming the world, you are connected to another kingdom, not of this world that doesn't get its feathers ruffled, right? It's not controlled by the Dow Jones. It's not controlled by the ballot box, right? It's not controlled by what's going on, wherever it's going on, right? And so this is the stability. So when you are stable, you are able to love people in a stable way. People who get destabilized by circumstances, they do not love my goal, or I should say God's goal, is to create a community of loving, stable people who live a life that could only be gotten by supernatural means. Okay, and this is actually where this love comes in. So I start, remember, I started off by saying, 
by actually saying, I want to talk about the practical implications of love. There are practical implications of love. It's not this marshmallow, kumbaya kind of thing. It's practical. It's a commitment. God loves us. So what does God do? He changes our lives. It's not God loves us. Oh, my word. That just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. No, there's practical implications. It brings about change, right? I love myself. So I have, uh, because God loves me, I love myself. So I have this sense of well-being. I want good for myself. No, there's no way am I going to drink and drive because people who truly love themselves would not put themselves in such a self-destructive place. There is no way am I going to allow myself to be treated that way. You know why? Because I love myself, but there's also no way am I going to treat anybody else that way because I know the value of people as I know the value of myself. See, those are very practical implications of being loved, right? I am going to be blessed, but as I am blessed because I love myself and I love others because I am loved by God, now not only am I going to use those blessings, change my life, I'm going to use them to change the lives of others and all that does is bring me more and more fulfillment and more of a sense of well-being. And this just kind of gathers more and more momentum, right? I love myself. So it shows in my life. It shows by the way I relate to other people right? I mean, no, I don't take unloving behavior from other people, but I love other people regardless of their unloving behavior, right? I love other people. I want the best for other people. And this is the way to joy. You cannot hate people and expect to be happy. God has not designed us that way. You cannot hate yourself and expect to be happy. You cannot live a self-destructive life. And here's the other thing. When you get to this point, it doesn't matter, as Brianna was talking about, a father being back in town, it doesn't matter. Nobody can shoot you down, right? Nobody can shoot you down because how you see God, how you see yourself. It means if anybody is trying to shoot you down, how you look at it, they do not know your value. They do not know your value. You know, people that hate people because of this, the sexist, the racist, whatever, you will look at them now with compassion because they do not know your value and they're not happy. 
you can't be happy hating people for whatever reason. And typically people that hate people, the problem is always closer to home. They hate themselves. No, I'm not going to buy. You just hate people south of the border and you don't even know those people. That's too far away. Typically, the hatred always comes from the family of origin. The people south of the border now are just the scapegoats that you use to take focus off self. You have this understanding, right? You have this understanding of yourself and others. And you're able to love people that hate. The greatest measure of joy and well-being is when you can love the unlovable. We're, we're going there. When you can love the unlovable, when you can love the people that hate. And the greatest sense of unhappiness is when the unlovable can drag you down to where they are. No, when you can love them and when you can love them, you are already in that place of bringing them up. That's what this is ultimately about. That love of God that's been put in our hearts, being constant in that, regardless who we are around, regardless of what's going on. Watch God change your situation. Watch you start to walk in supernatural power. The end of the law is that you love your neighbor as yourself. Ultimately, Satan's goal is to get us to hate God and hate each other. That's the ultimate goal. His ultimate goal is not so much to get you sick. If it's to get you sick, it's for you to be bitter towards God. It's that's ultimately it, and to bitter towards other people. Okay, that is the goal. Satan's goal is to use things like politics to divide us, to get us to hate. Hopefully, that is nobody, by the grace of God, on my line. Right, so what we're going to do, folks, we're going to start again. You've got to love yourself and love others in order to have that better better life that i know everybody here wants and god wants to give it to you so some prayer points here's the first one lord god let my baseline of interpersonal relationships of interpersonal and the way I relate to others, let that baseline be love, Lord. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Father, just praise your holy name. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you will give me the grace to have a baseline of love of the way I relate to myself and others, Lord God, for it to be love in Jesus' name. Amen.
logged on, purge me of all hatred, of all bitterness, of all wounds. Lord God, purge me of all wounds. Hate can run deep. You know, a great, uh, um, uh, great book is um, the Count of Monte Cristo, and the Counts by a, a, a writer called Alexander Dumas, French writer, actually saw the so it's historical fiction, but the Chateau d'If, the prison that he was in. So the Chateau d'If is a prison. It's still there. I've seen it in the uh, Mediterranean Sea. Right, it's a real prison. So the Shadow Deep is kind of like Alcatraz. Um, and this man, the Count uh, uh, Edmund Dantes is his name. He had found this treasure, was mentored in prison, put in there falsely. Anyway, his fiancee that essentially was stolen uh, from him, was telling him to let his vengeance go and he had all this treasure i mean wealth beyond belief and he said he said please don't take my hate from me it's all i've got this was a man that had treasure and a beautiful woman that loved him but all he was able to see was this hate from the past every person here has been hurt by people in the past. In fact, if you tell me that you haven't, I said, you don't even know what hurt is. It tells me you don't even know your own heart. I guarantee you, you have been hurt, okay? But now we want you to let it go. Some people have been living with hurt for so long that they don't know. Sorry, that's my cat, Max, is walking around, right? You don't know what hurt is but don't want you to know what hurt is any longer want god to heal those wounds of hurt so that you can love the way that you are supposed to so here's the prayer point log on purge me of any hatred any bitterness any anger any thing where i have been wounded in relationships lord god where i have uh distrust of others lord god where i have this deep suspicion and doubt regarding others lord god heal those wounds lord god and give me the grace to love from my heart to love deep Lord God, in Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name. Father, we pray, Lord God, that where we have been wounded, Lord God, wherever we've been wounded by others, Lord God, where we might even feel we've been wounded by you, Lord God, give us the grace to heal, Father, Lord God. Give us the grace to heal. Father, if we have been wounded where we almost feel it's our fault that we are, wounded lord god give us the grace to forgive ourselves lord god purge us lord god of hatred hatred towards others hatred towards ourselves lord god 
and give us a brand new start with a brand new heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the caring call, then I'm going to pass it back to Steph. Father Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you shed your precious blood so that I might be saved. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Lord God, give me the grace to love others as you have loved me and to love myself as I am loved by you, Lord. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay.